Hello again, everyone. Yes, we are back, and it's a new show. <laughs> yeah. Rob Fisher and Brevin Knight with you here on Night Court. We welcome you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if it's your first time listening, welcome. I uh, hope you enjoy it. And if, it's, if you've been listening, we thank you. And uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell grandma, everybody. Uh, you know, it's easy to listen to. You can catch it wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter as well at Night Court 22, at Brevin Knight 22, and at The Fish Nation. And if it's your first time listening and it's like, man, it sounds windy there. It's windy. It is windy. And we do this show from multiple outdoor venues. Yes. We had to change location today because of the wind situation. Yeah, we were supposed to be in the oasis, the backyard oasis, but... Because of the wind, we had to take it to the garage oasis yeah, yeah. today. So yeah. we're, we're down at downtown's finest in the garage. In the, in the garage. So uh, if you hear a little wind, uh, we've, tried, we've tried to alleviate it as best as possible. Oh, man, I wish we could take a picture and send it out to you, like how we even did it. Oh, I'll, I'll, we I'll, we'll take a picture, and then we'll put it out on, on, on Night Court so you yeah. see what our setup is for today. Here, this is the picture that you've uh, probably already seen. We're going to do it right now. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, there it is. We just took the picture. So you'll see it uh, before you hear about it, which is crazy. Uh, all right, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, even though we just did a show last week, uh, a lot has happened since. We'll start with the Grizzlies. Uh, they come out of the All-Star break. Uh, they lose at Philadelphia. Uh, they win at home against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I guess start with the Sixers game. Man, they were, they were a minute away from a great road win, great game, great effort, big games from Xavier Tillman, big games from a lot of individuals. Wow, way to come out of the break and get a road win when every game matters. And, and they lose, outscored 10-1 down the stretch, and it just felt, for me, watching the game on television and not working it, it's it's miserable. I I hate not having you and Pete in my ear. I hate not just kind of being locked in right. to what's happening, bad or good. But when I'm home watching it on the couch, I got emotional. I got angry. I was getting mad. I was I was about to throw my wife and my child out of the house because they're telling me how bad they are. What is happening? Why is it happening? Why? Shut up! Let me watch the game. <laughs> Well, no, I'm not sure that. Oh, and it was it was miserable watching as a fan because that was heartbreaking, man. It was demoralizing. But the, here's the thing, and, and why well, I think why people have taken to the telecast the way that they have is because I think mean, we are fans of the organization as much as we work for the team. Mm-hmm. And I say fans because we have seen the best and we have seen the worst mm-hmm. with this organization. Those are some of us that played through it, myself being probably towards the worst end of what this has, and we've seen Western Conference Finals. And so we are as vested as anyone in this, but we still understand we have a job to do. But mm-hmm. when we're not doing our job, we are Grizzlies fans. And so in that 76ers game, I think why it hit people so hard was it also was a chance to end the road losing streak. And it was against a really good basketball team out of the break. What better way to jumpstart this quarter of the regular season that is left? And then to just fall short in a way that they have struggled all year, I think is what hit people like, oh, here we go again. 
And so I, I, thought, I thought that's why the emotional investment was so much. But it was good to see them be in that type of game and still be there in the end. But it also just gave them more video and film to show what they need to do to be able to finish games and understand and get a feel for what playoff basketball is going to be like because they had it against one of the best in the entire association. I, I, if that game happened at the end of the 11-game win streak and snapped the win streak, you'd say, ah, oh, great game, great effort, um, you know, too bad you, you, you blew it at the end. Move on to the next one against Philadelphia. But it just it was demoralizing because of everything you just said. It just yeah. it felt it felt like the enormity of it, a win, would have just felt so big that, that that's what was so disappointing about it. However, the way they played that game and the way they started that game was a was a good sign. And and to me, the highlight of these first two games was my walk-off interview with Xavier Tillman after the Denver win. When I asked him, you know we've been looking for that swag and it felt like you guys played with swag tonight. And he looked at me and said, we've done it for two games. Yep. He said, we've had it for two games. So to me, it, just him saying that little part made me feel like, okay, this team didn't get demoralized after the Philadelphia game. This team felt like they had the Philadelphia game and they had the Grizzlies basketball back. And then obviously Saturday they did. I mean, that was, that was as good of a win, as good of Grizzlies basketball we've seen probably since the 11 game win streak. And so, so to me, that's the most positive thing from the Philadelphia game is I think they felt like we had it back in the Philadelphia game. Yeah, and, and, they, and I think they understand that there is that basketball swagger is what they needed back. Yeah. Their personal swagger, who they are, was always there. But the basketball swagger had taken a hit. And it was good to see, as X said, in the first two games, we saw that. Mm -hmm. Now they got to continue to do it because we said this 11-game stretch – it's very hard. You still got nine more coming back with the Lakers that you have coming up next. But I thought Denver was, again, a, a, a way to show them you can be successful if you play this way. Right. And now it's just a matter of can they go to the next game and play that way. First you had to figure out doing it in games, which was finishing quarters. And they finished every quarter. Don't really consider the fourth quarter because the game was yeah. so out of whack with the, the, with the Denver Nuggets. It was done. Um, but first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, to make sure that you had the 30-point lead, to be able to sit people in the fourth quarter, I thought it was fantastic. And so now they just got to carry that over to the next game. Xavier Tillman, speaking of him, uh, I, I thought he did a heck of a job on Joel Embiid, who had monster numbers <laughs> at the end of it. But, boy, 25 shots to get there. Um, and then the job that he did on Jokic as well – what 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 is he doing that's allowing him to have success against those guys? Number one, he was great with position defense. I thought he did a good job of initially not allowing those bigs to catch the ball low. So if they catch the ball two steps off, that's two more dribbles they have to take to get into scoring position. Better job for the Grizzlies to be able to get their double team, which they like to bring from the baseline. So I thought initially his physicality is what they needed against both guys. And we always say, when you're playing against two MVP candidates and two of the three MVP candidates, the best thing you want to do is just make it hard on them. Mm -hmm. And for Joel Embiid to only go, I think, one of 12 or so in the first half of the Philly game, that was a great way to set the tone. To come back against Jokic and now play him to a point where his numbers did not really affect the game in any way, 
that that's what you that's the only thing you can expect from X. But for him to give what he gave on the offensive end, because I tell people against Denver to start the game, the Grizzlies couldn't score except for him. He scored the first six points of the game, and so he gave a little offensive boost while continue to battle the bigs. And he's also done a good job with deflections. He's gotten his hands up high a, a number of times. And it's called deflections. So I just think it's. He's just played solid basketball. He's done what Steven Adams does for this team, which is play solid basketball, which translates into positive plays. I thought it was impressive. Uh, as, as you said, I, I think he hit it on the head. The Denver game, it was a matter of we can win when we play like this. I mean, Desmond Bain had 10 points. Jaron Jackson Jr. had seven points. You would think if you won that game, Ja would have had 40. Well, he had 23. I'm a good game. Ja, ja had a good game. But those three combining there, you had to get it from other guys, and you got it from other guys. You got it from the bench. The yes. bench has played better the last couple of games. I thought John Conchar's played well yes. without putting up numbers, but he's making impact plays. Santi Aldama, I think, even though he hasn't – he, he didn't put up the scoring numbers against Denver. He made impact plays in that game as well. Connard obviously hit the shots in, in the Denver game, and Tyus was amazing. Um, but but they're making plays. The bench just performed better the last couple games. The bench performed better. Individuals performed better. But the people that, are, that you need to be your offensive players or your catalyst, they were it. So that allows your other role people to play their role. What happens with role guys when your star players, or not even your star players, your other uh, value players are not everybody's value. I mean, that's not a good word. All of your expectant players, mm -hmm. if they don't put up their numbers, now you're trying to lean on someone who you didn't expect to do that, and you don't want to do that over a consistent basis. You want them to be able to fulfill that role, and then you have a big game, we take the big game. But you need, your, you need those guys that are supposed to be your consistently scoring guy consistently making plays guys they got to do it every night so my role guys can fit into their role how does xavier tillman after these two uh what what what's different about anthony davis um who was a monster in the dallas game well i think the good thing for x is he's as good out on the floor defensively as he is with battling mm -hmm. so i think still has to have that level of physicality with Anthony Davis, understanding, though, that there is a, a level of length that now comes into play. And there's going to be some times where you're going to force him into turnaway jump shots, fadeaway, that he likes to shoot and contest. And you have to live with what the results are. But as long as you're forcing him to shoot a 17-foot turnaround jump shot instead of a 10-foot, now that makes, it, that, that makes it a little bit better defensively. So I, I think for him is be as physical as he was with MB and Jokic, and then on the offensive side, continue to crash the offensive glass. Like the one place where this Lakers team is susceptible, it will be on the interior. And so if he can just continue to get the extra possessions with, like Steven Adams does, then I, I think, again, he has played his role to a T. The Lakers are up uh, tomorrow night uh, as we record this here on Monday. Uh, Lakers in town on Tuesday night. Always fun when the Lakers are in town. Easy game to get up for. And this is a team that's probably playing with more confidence now than they've had all season. And confidence can be infectious. And this is a team that trailed Dallas by 27 points and battled back and won. This is a team that their coach believes they can go all the way up to six, which I think is insane. Um, 
But this is a team that believes in itself right now. Well, let me tell you this much. We thought it was insane until I saw they're only two and a half games behind six. <laughs> but the problem is the number of teams that are in between. Which is very much so a big problem. But I understand why he thinks, if you look with the changes that they made to their roster, and even if you look at the teams that are ahead of them, there's still teams that in some way will be in flux. So for him, he feels great opportunity. And why, why, put, why only put the bar for them to make the play in? You want the bar to be set as high as possible so you get your guys to continue to reach for it. Mm-hmm. When we just say make the play in, and guys would be, you can be complacent somewhat and maybe be okay. The problem is you still got LeBron James who does not want to be in a play-in situation, who wants to get in. And so uh, I, I think that the, at the end of the day, the moves that they made were fantastic. It's a way better supporting cast for LeBron and AD than what they had. But it's still going to come down to, are they going to get that two, three-week span, Anthony Davis, that they had when it was like, holy shit. <laughs> this dude dominates the league. <laughs> or is it going to be the Anthony Davis that we have seen over the past years that is just a, a, a super talented person but doesn't, doesn't really move the needle enough for them? So he's going to have to be the guy that changes. And if the Grizzlies can keep him at bay uh, tomorrow night, then I think that gives them uh, a great chance of winning. They, they were a bad team. Bad. They're not good, are they? I mean, did they improve that much to whether you'd consider them, hey, they're dangerous? Uh, yes. Really? Dangerous? Are they dangerous? I think they're dangerous because, number one, as long as LeBron James is healthy and you give him some viable people, you, you, you immediately become dangerous. And just because how much he is, how smart he is with the game, and then what his numbers are. Like, we, 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 everybody act like he's not averaging – I think 38 and 7. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, those aren't just pedestrian numbers. He's putting up those numbers at 38 years old, playing the amount of minutes that he plays with the usage that he has. And so if Anthony Davis can come along with the addition of with Vanderbilt they have now that gives them length and defense that they, that they still need it or on the outside. Uh, they have uh, D'Angelo Russell gives them – a score that they definitely needed someone else that can create. Now I don't know if he if he'll be out or not. I know he stepped on someone's foot the other night um, and, and had a little ankle and then didn't come back in. Um, and, and so I, I, you round out with they got some good role guys to be around it. I, I I think they they've given themselves a better chance to move up the ladder than the squad that they had. It'll be interesting to see if LeBron plays. Um, he wasn't looking healthy when he left the arena, but. Again, I mean, it's that time of year that – but, see, I, I don't know even, like, with LeBron. Is that up to LeBron? I think it was 100% up to LeBron. You think? 100%. You, you, know, don't, you, don't, you don't think I don't give that. a damn. I don't give a damn. You can just, whoever's on it is going to train the staff. If LeBron James comes in and is like, I'm a little bit sore, but we, we need this win, I'm good, I'm going. They're like, oh, well, maybe we sit out. He's like – I, I'm ready to go play. He's going to play in the game. Okay. That's not like that with everybody. Well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into load management <laughs> here in a moment. All right. Um, Grizzlies then, after the Lakers on Tuesday, they will hit the road for four straight. They've lost eight straight on the road. Now, the good news is it starts in Houston. The bad news is it's the second end of a back-to-back. Um, 
almost feels like a must win. Uh, I, I would I would think so. You could, just because you got to get the monkey off your back. Yeah. You know, and you, the next game after that is going to Denver. And, and, and you can really play well against Houston and bury them. They right. give you the opportunity to be, play really well. They they allow you to score however you want to score. Yeah. Now, conversely, is they got enough guys that if you let them get in the rhythm, mm-hmm. on the other end, you can make this a have to be scoring of high scoring affair. Mm-hmm. And so so you got to make sure you temper what you do on the defensive side. Don't just give them anything. Um, but we we they're a struggling basketball team. They got they got a lot of stuff going on with them, and so. You would, you would like to get that one because then you got Denver, who's going to definitely be waiting. It's a tough place um, to play. And it's always hard to play. Their, their home court advantage is just like the Grizzlies' home court advantage. Even better, I think, record-wise, maybe by a game or so. Then you have to play the Clippers and the Lakers. You play the Lakers again, and you play the Clippers. From here on out, all of those teams that are behind are going to want to have – they're going to have a different level of – enthusiasm when they play the Grizzlies. All of, the, all of those teams, their playoffs have started. Right now. And so and, and they're trying to figure out how we play together. So you have to say you expect for the Clippers to be the first time I, we see Kawhi Leonard at all. Yeah. Um, and, and so to see them, see that dyna, dy, dy, dynamic duo together uh, and how they play, um, it, it's going to be, it's, this is a nice measuring stick. Guy you didn't mention for the Clippers is Russ. They just add Russell Westbrook. Now, you know I host a handicapping show called The Odds Couple on Grind City Media. You can catch that live every Thursday on the Grind City Media YouTube channel or uh, get it wherever you get your podcast. It's called The Odds Couple. We, we handicap sports. Um, <laughs> Shameless plug there. Shameless plug. So as a professional handicapper on the side... Uh, Interesting to me, because you know that sometimes I can talk about how I think outcomes are going to happen based on what I see from Las Vegas, right? Like the game the other night, the Nuggets game. I told you how much I loved the Grizzlies to bury the Nuggets, only because of the line in Vegas was weird. Um, This is weird. The Clippers went from plus 1,200, 12-1, to win the NBA title before they acquired Russell Westbrook. They acquired Russell Westbrook, their odds are still 12-1. Didn't move. Didn't, didn't, didn't move at all. That is weird to me because when impact players leave, those lines will move. Even just a little, they will move. It didn't move. Is he not an impact player for that team? I, I think he, he can be an impact player, but I think he, him along with other question marks for the Clippers don't allow people to f- really move that needle, I think. There are some people that... Because we like Russell Westbrook and, and a lot of us root for him because so many people root against him, mm-hmm. then it takes you to the point where it's like the memory of what who Russell Westbrook was. And to think that he can now set up people and make guys better and, and, and that's what the Clippers need, a little bit is you, you – that's, that's your personal feeling of the Oklahoma City Thunder, Russell Westbrook. And is that really what the Clippers need? For me, it's like, okay, cool, he can push the ball faster and get down the floor, kick it. But is he the guy that you understand, like, get people the ball at the right time? Let's run the play for this guy. Don't make a turnover at, at, this, at this moment in the game. We'll need you to make a turnover. And then you got to make free throws down the stretch. Like, I think as a 
Did you watch it last night? I did watch. To me, he looked just... Now, Grant, he just joined a new team, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. But he just... He looked like almost forcing to be some sort of facilitator, and not to the guys, not not to Kawhi and PG. He, he was like forcing, facilitating in traffic, in the paint, to uh, like Plumlee or, or whoever else was big by the basket, or to, to Morris, and I'm thinking, I don't, it, it was, only, he, he just looked, it, it, he didn't look natural. And I think because I, this is a, this is still a different role for him. His role has always been, he had KD for some time, but it's always been, I'm going to be the finisher of all plays which is either I'm going to score or I'm going to make the assist. The Clippers are good enough to have enough people that I just need an organizer. You see what I'm saying? Like, and, they, and, and, and he is he is a ball-dominant guy that needs volume. They just need somebody that, to me, what I think, they just need, in terms of like their team, they just needed somebody, push the pace, get up down the floor, but just get guys the ball at the right time. And now know what play to run. Make free throws at the end of the game. Can knock down a shot. Like, that's more so, to me, what they needed. Now, again, our feelings of who Russell Westbrook was and what he can do. But does it fit what the L.A. Clippers need? They believe it. Teron Lou believes it. Well, he Paul believes Rennick. it enough to not play him in the last eight minutes of the game. I'm, I'm going to say it right? again. This, here's the thing. I'm going <laughs> to say it again. To me, the player that the Clippers needed in order to say move the needle and be different was is not the skill set or the person that Russell Westbrook is when Russell Westbrook is at his best. Yeah. That That's how it's moving. Not he's not a good player. I'm saying the fit for the team and all of the pieces, they are talented with the wing players, with some of the big. Getting Plumlee is huge for them because – He's like Steven Adams with us and that mm-hmm. he keeps the ball moving, sets things, he's active. But now you just need somebody that can put that all in place. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Um, we saw the Nuggets uh, over the weekend, uh, despite the Grizzlies just <laughs> blasting them. I mean, uh, taking care of them and handling business. Nuggets are really good. They're still the best team in the West. Uh it's it's going to be a heck of a battle uh, when you go to Denver. Uh, they were impressive to come back and get that win on a back to back against Minnesota when Minnesota gave them everything they could handle. Did, did you see Jokic's numbers? Yeah, forty, seventeen, eleven, yeah. ten or eleven. Yeah, he's ridiculous. I mean, it's not even close. He's the MVP three third time in third time in a row. And I think a lot of it is, is has to just to do with the fact that he does it on a nightly basis, and his team is winning. He's, they have the best. I don't know if they have the best record in the in the league. I don't know if they're better than Boston. Um, if not, they're right there. And so it's it's hard to debate it. And he, and he does it being so efficient. Mm. That's the thing that 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 gets you. Yeah, he's unbelievable. All right, uh, during the All-Star break, uh, Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timberwolves was asked about load management, uh, and, and he basically had a comment. Uh, I don't have the quote in front of me, but talking about, you know, there are people who might be coming to a game for the first time, and, and you're just sitting out. That just doesn't seem right to me. Uh, if you're good enough to play, you should play. That's pretty much the gist of what he talked about. At the, around the same time, I saw a tweet, John Stockton, does Stockton play 19 years or 22 years? 
don't know if he got did he get to twenty. Maybe years? not twenty two. The thing, it, it's one or the other. It was like nineteen years, twenty two missed games. Yes, yeah, something. Like or that. it was twenty two years, nineteen missed games. W- one or the other. Nineteen sounds right. Nineteen years, twenty two yes, missed games. Yeah. Um, that's unbelievable. Because the, the, it was an interview with Stockton that said Stockton doesn't believe load management is a good idea. And then it had the note afterwards. He missed 22 games in 19 years. Did you ever... I mean, I, I assume it, it probably happens at times where maybe you took an extra night off or maybe you just didn't feel right and took a night off. But if you were ready to go, you were never like told, hey, you need to sit tonight because it's your time. No. We Ever, know. right? No, because I don't, I, don't, I don't know if any owner would have been okay with it. <laughs> well, why are they okay now? Because they got people saying that it's the way that you're going to maximize. Because they hired all these, these people, people to tell you that. They got all of these people, exactly, that, that are now uh, having a big say in it. And, and, and to me, the, the way I, I, I look at it is we, we have dumbed down training camp. We have the best travel. We have the best... Uh, science teams that you want to call it in terms of athletic performance team we have every any and everything to maximize what you can do with the body to be able to go out and play basketball and so i i to me you would you're doing all of that so that you can maximize the number of games people play not so that you can not play games right like it, it doesn't the two don't go hand in hand and so first off that 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 is the biggest thing for me and then you know, overall, it's just like we play basketball. Like that's the job that we do. Like you, we sign up to play basketball. Eighty-two game regular season. And if you make the playoffs, however far you can go, and and a and a preseason. And so it it just doesn't it it doesn't make sense when people say like it's that you need you can only play so many games, and then now you got to take you got to take a night off or well I've just been doing yeah but that's. That's what. That's why we're professionals. Yeah. Because and know what? There's gonna be those nights where you just don't have it. Yeah. You just don't feel good. You're gonna go out there in the game and you may look bad. It might not be that night, but you're still gonna go out there and play because that's still our job. Like and that's and so it it, it makes it very hard to try to sell somebody. And even when I played, it was hard for me to sell to somebody. You know what? Tonight, man, I just don't feel like playing basketball tonight. Even though even though I got a nice contract, and I just don't feel. And you can say whatever you want. The money will always be a part of it, mm-hmm. and now that they're making the amount of money that that they're making, it's going to be even a bigger thing. And so I, I a just bigger think, protection. Uh, yes, and and I think that there is a, I think I've said this before. There's a give and take in this game. We we are all responsible to make sure that the game continues to grow. There's a reason why the TV companies want to pay what they pay to have NBA be on TV. It's because the fans want to see it. Like, it, that ground swelling kept coming and coming. And so you don't want to turn that off because if people start being like, oh, it's up, we don't want to watch it. I don't, then the TV people are like, well, how, why are we paying for it? Mm-hmm. And so now those numbers that you were getting don't keep growing. They either stay thin, they stay stagnant, or you come down in some way. And so I just think and, and even in self, if you want to be selfish, like sometimes you got to fool people. Self-preservation says, if you want to keep making this money in this way, we want to keep then we got to at least do X, Y, Z. And one of them is we can't keep making it look like as players you're taking off games because this is not a just a player issue. This is a team issue. Mm-hmm. This is an entire league. They got to figure this out 
together with how you are do going to do a better job of portraying players and teams in terms of you caring about what fans get? Two things. One, I want to teach everyone a lesson here. Uh, if you're listening and one of the answers to this problem is that's why we need fewer games, that is the incorrect answer. That is wrong. You are wrong. You are wrong for saying that. And here's why. And Steve Kerr of all, I mean, come on, Steve Kerr coming out and saying, that's why we should only play 72 games. Shut up. That was, that, was, that was idiotic to say. Because if it's 72, if you're missing 10 games playing 82, if it's 72, you'll miss eight. Exactly. You're right. still going to miss games. I mean, and you'll, your excuse will be, well, these back-to-backs. They've cut out the back-to-backs. They've cut out the four and five days. They've, cut, they've made it as easy as possible. And, Brevin, there's, there's something you said that, that I, I, I think it's fascinating to, to hear it from someone who has gone through it for over a decade in the NBA, is that you said we've dumbed down training camp. Yes. You've told us before, and I find it fascinating, about the tearing down of the body. Are, are players, even when the season starts now, this year, when the season started, day one of the season, are they ready for the season? In your mind, are, are their bodies ready for the 82-game grind? I, I don't think so because you, you haven't put your body through enough stress to be ready to just now go into full competition. How to long me, was training camp when you played? We would be in training camp for three weeks. I mean, we would be in training camp. Now, do, do I say you got to gruel yourself? That, now, that was it, was, it was hard to do. But I felt like it got me ready for an 82-game season. And the thing about the whole injury thing is like, we'll do all of this to, so you don't get – all injuries are going to be a part of professional sports of whatever sport that you play. And however many games you play. It doesn't matter. Like, it's going to happen. Dudes are going to step on someone's ankle. I don't care how much you think that you have rested, that you have ate this way, that you have we have not practiced this hard, we didn't go. That's still going to be a part of the game. But what I'm saying is the, the thing that helps you get through or get your body at least ready for the shock of it is that we've already gone through it. It's like, okay, you had to tear it out, and now here we go. We're ready to play. I'm just ready to play the season. Like, it's just mentally you're ready for it. Physically you're ready. But if I'm just one foot in, half foot out, now go hard, now pull back, now it's, it's, there's no – to me it's like there's no rhythm to what, what, what I'm doing. Camp now is you have four days and then you play a game. A game against another team after like four days. And four days of really only four times of contact practice. Right. So I don't I don't know how you how you expect for then guys to be able to number one be because ready you got to gotta tear it down to build it up, and right? That was kind. Of, that was I get that's the old school way. So there'll be people that say that'll have all of this data that says this this this, and I just want to, I, I just would like to say, do we have less injuries in the game now than we had? Five years ago, ten years ago, yeah. Do we have less injuries? I, I don't. I don't know. I, it, that, to me, it doesn't seem like it. Or you don't know because somebody was just out for a rest game, and so that wasn't. A, they weren't injured at that time, but it was a game that was slotted. And I just said it, the optics of it aren't good. They got to figure out a way to make the optics of this be better because it's still. It should still be the players' lion's share. I'm always going to say that. 
but we still got a responsibility to still uphold a certain standard of how people see and view the NBA. Yeah, I, and I heard an interesting take the other day that was postseason awards, maybe you have a minimum number of games on it. You raise that minimum number of games. I, I, I think that's... That's okay, but I think where the money is today, it it still wouldn't. Eh, eh. <laughs> Damn, I'm not gonna get that first team all defense. Well, that's all right. And right, people, but, but, people, but look, but, people be like, but that's a that's a bonus in your contract. But, oh, 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 I miss out on, I miss out on a hundred grand when I just made twenty five million, thirty million. I mean, I would think there would be more guys showing their displeasure. Or, frankly, being pissed that they're not allowed to play. And you don't really see that. I mean, we saw Anthony Edwards talk about it. We've seen a couple of players talk about it um, on Twitter. But they're, they're not. I guess, is it because they just expect this is what it is? What I mean, it is. it is what it is. Or is it? Or do players now, in some regard, is it a part of being spoiled? Do players you think enjoy having nights off? No, I, I don't. I, I will never. I will. I will never. Never number one say spoiled. I will never say that it is a joy to not be out there and perform and that's do what, what you I do. would think. And, and that and that's what I'm saying. But 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 it. Op- why I say got to change the optic is because it opens up the question for people to ask exactly what you asked. Sure. It 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 opens up the door for someone to now to expound on that and make it a bigger thing to say, oh, they could be thinking this way. And it only takes for you to say it, the next person to say it, say it, say it, say it. Now all of a sudden it becomes a reality. Yeah. If enough people say it, it's real. And it's something that doesn't have to be real. And that's why I say you have to change the optics of how this looks right now because there are too many ways and too many other ways, too many other views that are coming out from how this started. Greg Popovich in San Antonio he started it with Tim Duncan and them. They were getting older, but they knew they were playing longer every year. That's how it started. And from there, this has just exploded and it has run rampant on other teams. And so yeah. they got, they, they're going to have to figure out some way uh, to, to stop. And, and I think it just comes, comes down to if you're ready to play the basketball. But see, who's ready to take the step? Because we could say, all right, maybe owners need to start putting it in contracts. But we said it before. The owners are the ones paying the people who are saying not to play them. So who's going to be the one that steps up and says, this needs to stop? It's got to come from, like, the commissioner. But, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know you can do those things like lift the limits or, you know, on games played for awards and all-stars and, and, and things like that. And I'm sure that might disappoint some players, maybe. But I don't know. I don't, we talked about it with the all-star game last week. I don't, I don't think there's a monetary thing that – because again, this isn't on the players in a lot of situations. No, that's why I said. I mean, it's not like Jaws saying I need tonight off. It's them saying Jaws sitting tonight. I will. I. That's why I said this is not a one-way street. This is it's a, a whole this, bunch of people. This is they have to just do a better job of figuring out how to make it look better with what you're doing. Like we, I, I thought the rule came in about you can only really rest and sit, guys, only at your home game. I thought that was something that already happened. And people were like, they should make a rule that says you can only do it. And I was like, oh, I thought we already did that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe nobody just follows it at this point. But it's, it's, it's not good for the league, I think. And like I said, I, I would think that for everything that has been done 
to alleviate the, the pressures, to alleviate uh, playing too much, that that was all done to make, to ensure that you play the game. Yeah. Like, I, I, playing the game should be first and foremost. And, and so you're playing to win now. And like I said, that, that trying to think that you're going to hold a guy so that you can be the duration of the contract. with nowadays, dude's like, hey, you know what? I don't really want to be here no more. Yeah. Trade me. Yeah. Chris Vernon always talked about, you know, teams that are at the bottom of the league. You don't want to develop a culture where you feel like it's okay to lose. Yes. I I think it's a problem right now that the NBA is developing a culture of it's okay if you don't play 70 games. And if players start to get that in their mind, and, and to me, going back to the whole body thing, if you're playing 70 games in that amount of time, I mean, aren't you supposed to be trained in your body at the point where you should be playing three or four times a week? And now you're only playing two? I mean, is that good for the body? Do we have any science data on that, Brevin? Shit, you asked the wrong person. <laughs> I, I can tell you this much. Uh, we probably do. Play, there is some data, but playing seven, to play 70 games, to play 75 games, <clears throat> all I'm saying is, I, I don't care what the number is, if you're healthy and can play, that's all I'm saying. Play. I'm not putting. I don't. I don't know. The, I'm not putting a number on it because I don't. I don't know if. if I, I'm not saying that somebody you can be hurt. You can be sick that you can't play. All I'm saying is, if you are healthy enough to play basketball, to put it all in a nutshell, you everything else that I said. At the end of the day, it comes down to my whole thing is healthy enough to play. Go out and play the game. Mm-hmm. If you're not healthy enough to play, like you're going to continue to hurt yourself. And, and I don't mean sore because nobody's not going to be sore <laughs> with everything that you go through. Soreness is a part of it. You run through sore. When you start playing, okay, it goes away. But if you're hurting and it's now going to hurt your performance in some way, like you really can't help your team, not, that type thing, you can't play those games. But if you're a healthy, able-bodied player, then I think you should be on the floor Helping your team win a game. Let's we show up every night, BK. Hey, listen, even when our voices might not be ready, mm-hmm. might have popped the button on the shirt, we got to use a safety pin to keep it together. Had Just a bad so- day, hung over maybe. Hey. You never know. Bottom of your shoe might have come off. We still <laughs> slide it on in there. We slide on in there. Let me tell you something, by the way. For the Lakers game tomorrow night, my shoe game. Uh-oh. Yeah. Strong. First time I've worn them on the home floor. <laughs> Strong? Yeah, first time I won. You were with me when I bought them. Bought them in Sacramento. And, oh, uh, yeah. First time I, I'm going to wear them on the home floor. I wore them at uh, Madison Square Garden earlier I, this I year. I know what you're wearing. Yeah, so that's I might go buy some new shoes for this game. Yeah, it's a big one. It's Laker night. Uh, don't forget, uh, it's a 6.30 start. Yes. 6.30, 6:30. start. So uh, make sure. 6 for those that can watch. 6, 6 for p.m. for our Grizzlies pre-Grizzlies Live. Live pregame show. On Valley Sports Southeast. So uh, make sure you tune in for that as well. Thanks for uh, tuning in to us. Uh, look, at the, look at us. Uh, we just did a show like within a week. Look at there. That's pretty impressive. We're on it now. I'm, 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 I am, I'm putting my foot down with Rob Fish, and I told him we're doing it. We're doing it. Because this is the stretch run. This is when it matters. This is when we need to vent. This is when we need to get it out. Yes. <laughs> and we were able to get it out today. Thank you for tuning in tonight, Courts. Join us again next time. And again, tell your friends uh, if they like basketball. Maybe they really are fans of Brevin's. Uh, have them tune in to Night Court. Uh, and I, I'll say it, each and every week. <gasps> yes. Each and every what? week. 
For Brevin, I'm Fish. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again on the next episode of Night Court. Peace.